using your new phone? I'm going to use both of these phones just in case this new one doesn't work. I got a new Apple phone. Uh, we are recording <coughs> prayer list. It is October the 6th, 2022. I said earlier my dad would be 103 if he was still alive. He was born in 1919. Hopefully he's enjoying heaven. I think he is, yes. Marcos for his son and his uh, ministry. Uh, Julie McDonald, uh, her husband, he's passed away. We've been praying for him. Our Reverend and Mrs. Davis for wellness and health. Uh, John and Ruby and Vassie and Linda. Our friend Gary Neighbor for whatever the Lord you know, knows he needs. May he find that. Uh, Marta and Charles and Sebron. We're praying for our police officers, our fire EMS workers. Praying for the people of Southwest Florida, for our children and our grandchildren. Bob's two kids, Stephanie and Mike, for salvation, for Mike's upcoming wedding. I threw that in there. Unsafe family members up north. Pray for our nation and our leaders. Pray for our Bible study and our missing believers is that what you have yeah one's in here today gotcha katie sue the little baby on the way for gary again reverend davis and uh christians and uh, and our pastors um imprisoned in iran Christians and pastors in Iran. Eric, Rex, Ted, Reverend Davis again, and his family. Governor DeSantis, good prayer for him. He's got a lot on him as uh, the cabal tries to <clears throat> make him look incompetent. And he really stands up for himself well. I really like that. Mm-hmm. America and the Patriots. For Ray and Judy. And um, for salvation for lost people that you like to see saved. Friend, uh, people in Florida. Okay, we can't quite reach one another, but we'll make a half circle. And, and Father God, we thank you for this time to reflect on what you have told us. A Christian fellowship that believers can learn iron sharpening iron and lift up these people that are on the prayer list. May they be, may they have their needs seen to in accordance with your will, Lord. I pray for our little dog too that he'll soon recover so he can walk right. Just lay your hand on him, Lord. Lay your hand on us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this is for us. Let's send that one around. Jerry, you've been using that one. Uh, I want to open up to Second Timothy. I'm just going to read some different verses. I don't know how long we'll go with this study tonight we'll see are you going back over to the church tonight no no they don't have it tonight okay uh, take a picture of the prayer if you have if you go good go little garden out back or whatever right you have to now register it register it with who they want you to who does? Rester at your, your home, homemade garden. Here in Woodville? Everywhere. Nationwide? Nationwide. They're, they're, they're pushing that like crazy. I'll probably just go ahead and keep my gun. <laughs> um, I'm going to garden something. <laughs> I'll, uh, before we go into a few different verses about fear, I'll share, and actually I went into this on our Bang Steel podcast because I thought it was worth sharing. And uh, I uh, 
got to thinking about this because of what happened to uh, Sharon Osborne. She's Ozzy's wife. Everybody, whatever you think of Ozzy, you know, mm-hmm. notwithstanding, she got turned on by these people on this show called The Talk. Now, she had had a close friend named Cheryl Underwood for many years, and they were both on that show. And uh, Cheryl and her were close enough. Well, Cheryl's a black lady, uh, Sharon Osborne's wife. Um, they had become so close that um, the uh, when the Osbournes would have a family function of one kind or another, Cheryl was always there as really the best friend to Sharon for 10 years. And Cheryl joked and said she was the black Osborne. She was always there. And uh, this uh, Meghan Markle, this um, young lady that so-called Prince, I think Harry is the one that marries her, uh, when I saw her, I thought maybe she was Latino or something. It didn't really strike me that she would say, well, I'm black, but she does. Uh, I think she may have one black parent, but her mother, yeah. So she uh, went on Oprah and ran the whole royal family down, said they treated her like crap, and they did this and they did that, and they were racist, they were prejudiced. And You know what? That could be true. It probably, <laughs> probably is. Uh, but Piers Morgan is, of course, British too, and he, he said that not everything that Meghan Markle said could be true. And he thought she was lying. Well, the charge immediately came against him. Well, you're just racist. You're just racist. That's why you're... He's act- championed every liberal cause for decades. I don't he see has. how they could call him racist. I know, I mean, but they did because he didn't agree with this Meghan Markle and said she made up a bunch of stuff just to sensationalize her interview with Oprah. So, um, Sharon Osborne went on Twitter and said, I've known Pierce for many years and he is not racist. And this is absolutely ridiculous and unfounded. And, um, so then they start in on her. Oh, you're defending a racist. You you may be one as well. Nope, my accusation. Yeah. So her own <laughs> friend of 10 years right there on the show, which airs live or did air live, or with a slight delay maybe, I don't know, but it went out there. Cheryl Underwood said, well, Sharon, what would you say, though, to those who would look at you defending Piers Morgan and wonder, are you a bit racist yourself? And Sharon just went crazy about it. She couldn't believe what she was seeing. You know, this woman had been her friend for 10 years, and now she's turning on her. And um, so it was a messed up deal. And... It, it really hurt her a lot. But I was thinking about that. I'm thinking, what is it? What happens that causes someone to do what Cheryl Underwood did? Because she would not rekindle the friendship. She would not apologize. It is blown apart forever. Um... And it's fear. And I realized this. And it's not just at the root of these racist accusations. It's at the root of a lot of different types and such of accusations. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear as believers. Verse 7 of Second Timothy chapter 1. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, Sharon Osborne is not a Christian. Um, she and Ozzy are both 70 or just past 70. They need to start thinking about these things. Um, but, no, he's not. 
Ozzy just does what Sharon has him do, but it's, I mean, seriously, she runs family, sure, but he's... Well, I never did understand how he's getting the bush. I don't know that he's kin to Bush. They hired, they they had him at the White House press conference uh, when Bush Jr. was in office. They're kin somehow, but I don't. I don't I know. Well, uh, Aussie's British, <laughs> but um, same bloodline somehow. Uh, who knows? What we do when we fear is. We and, and I think everybody has a fear. Gun uh, laws. What's that? Gun laws. Fear and gun laws. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I think fearing uh, that the JBTs would come to disarm us—that's a valid fear. And so, what do we do? We are always looking for that monster under the bed. Anything that you could construe <coughs> to. Uh, Feed that fear and say, my fear is justified. Look right here, right here. If I have health anxiety, and I often do, oh no, what's this thing on my hand? I'm ready to die. I'm looking for a reason for the fear, to justify my fear. So, Hey babe, can I get soda water when you get a chance? No rush. Um, what about... A husband and wife uh, there may be fear you know a man might think well my wife she really doesn't love me that's my fear is I'll find out my wife really doesn't love me and so you're always looking for that monster under the bed you're looking for this okay well this happened or that happened or you know she knows I like grape jelly with my toast and she didn't bring it she doesn't care about me. She's not thinking about me, and that makes me think maybe she doesn't love me. Love you, babe. I know you love me. I don't know why, but I know you do. Thank you. So you you fan the flames there of what you fear. Racism is uh, coming from fear. This lady, this Cheryl Underwood, as long as she would be with uh, Osborne's going to their functions and getting VIP status with the family everywhere, uh, apparently in the back of her mind, she wasn't uh, 100% sure that she was with people who were not looking down on her because of her, she would say race, but it's an ethnicity. There's only one race, the human race. They were looking down on her because of her ethnicity. She feared that. So when a, the slightest inkling of a monster under the bed pops up, she just rolls with it. And she fans the flames and makes a mountain out of a molehill. Lost a good friend, you know, for silly reason. Could be for publicity, too. Well, maybe. I think the CBS executives wanted that because it looks like they set Cheryl, I mean, uh, Sharon Osborne up to um, just to get blindsided on that show. Yeah, they got some publicity out of it. But, you know, somebody gets hurt and unjustifiably accused in the aftermath. But it had never dawned on me that fear could be that destructive. You know, we know we shouldn't be afraid. We know we shouldn't fear. First uh, John chapter 4. Verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Non-Christians really don't see this and they don't apply it to them and honestly it doesn't apply to them. Not, not in every case that you, you know, Scripture doesn't apply to some of these people. They're not saved yet if they're ever going to be. But 
There's no fear in love. So, you know, if, if a husband loves his wife, if a wife loves her husband, if you love your friend, your trusted friend, and your friend loves you, and they tell you that they do, yet you fear. You fear that maybe they don't really love you that much. And that fear is destructive. Perfect love casteth out fear. You must not have perfect love if you still have fear. Because fear hath torment. Fear makes you unhappy. It tortures you. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. How do you keep from fearing? You know, it's a shame that after 10 years, that friendship between Sharon Osborne and Cheryl Underwood for 10 years ended like it did because Cheryl feared. And when something came up unjustifiably, she let that, she let the enemy in and she let the enemy say to her, this woman, this white woman doesn't really care about you. She's a, she's a closet racist and she just proved it by defending another guy who's a racist. The problem is uh, when these women on this show were asked, and Sharon Osborne asked two of them, two, two black ladies both, were kind of piling in on her, she said, what, what did Pierce ever do other than say he, he didn't like Meghan Markle and he thinks she was lying? Is it, is it okay to not like someone even though they are black? Can I, do I have to like everyone who's black? Do I have to, or if I, if I say I don't like them, I'm a racist? And they said, well, no, no, that's not like that. And she said, well, what did he do? What did Pierce Morgan do that was racist other than you think he does? You think he's racist because he said he thought Meghan Markle was lying about some of what she said. Whether she was or wasn't is beside the point. That was his thought. Does that mean he's a racist? He's a very opinionated person. If you followed much of him through through the years, he, you know, he dressed down all kinds of people as a liberal. He's a liberal. He's moved a little bit toward the center now, but um, can you just all of a sudden be a racist because you disagree with someone that's another ethnicity? Anymore, that's what that's what they're doing. This is the um, cancel culture. And we're, they're going to tear you down one way or another. Sharon Osborne asked Cheryl Underwood, what have you ever seen of me that would cause you to think that I'm a racist? And she stammered around. She said, well, I'm not saying you're a racist. Don't, don't, don't take that the wrong way. I'm just saying, what would you say to people if they told you that they thought you might be because you're defending Pierce Morgan. You say, well, they were wrong about Pierce Morgan being racist. So in, the, I mean, in the first place. Yeah. She was so shocked by what was going down, I don't think she was <coughs> thinking of everything she might have said. But um, go to Psalm 34. So you wonder with fear how much trouble is caused by simply fearing something that you really have no reason to fear rather than saying to herself, uh, well, I know Sharon, she's not a racist. I'm not going to let this happen. She fed into it 
And I think she really began to believe it because that's something that she had feared. Like I'm really just being talked about behind my back because of my ethnicity. Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. We have more than a few fears, most of us. Almost everyone has some sort of a concern of, of health one way or another. Um, and that's a fear. And a little thing comes along that feeds that fear. You see that monster under the bed and you say, I knew it, I knew it, I, I, exactly, I was right all along. And come to find out you weren't. And come to find out that meant nothing. Why were you fearing? Job, at one point, in the book of Job, when everything had come crashing down on him, he said, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. The thing I feared the most has come upon me. But we're told not to fear. You know, uh, there's a good verse in Joshua. I just wrote down uh, Joshua 1 and, and, and verse 9. That says, Have I, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Yes, uh, this was Joshua, but if you have God's favor, he is going to be with you whithersoever you go. Wherever you go. He will be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now here's one of my fears. What if he does? What if he does leave me? What if he does forsake me? Because I applied scripture to myself when it really wasn't directed for me. Maybe I, you know, I'm on the outskirts, outer court still, not, not really in the inner court. Not really to the Holy of Holies. <coughs> and that's a fear. So how do I fan the flames of that fear? You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's right. If you're a born-again Christian, you shouldn't even entertain thoughts like that. Oh, I know. But sometimes people do. Sometimes people torment themselves with the validity of their salvation even. And it's like... That's why we need to fellowship with like-minded believers. To of course. And and you have scripture too that will... Also, when you when you come up of an abysmal failure at what you perceive Christianity is supposed to be, then you start questioning. You start wondering, why is this not working for me? Yeah. Or when I asked for this and the Bible says you have not because you ask not and... But you're asking outside of God's will for you in that situation. Yeah, you can fly the universe through that loophole, though. If you ask for something and don't get it, well, it wasn't God's will. Um, well, he answers in three different ways, right? No, a, yes, and wait. I don't. I mean, he never says that there's a no. But yep. there's a caveat. Yes. And the caveat says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, that's whatever, whatever you, you will. will. And it'll be done unto you. But abide, are we living there? Like, you know, what I said earlier tonight was I had fellowship and I shouldn't have said that. And I wasn't abiding. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to be in fellowship with the Lord and abiding, living there, living with Him. So He's always abiding in you, but you may not be abiding That's right. In that's exactly right. And that's why our free will sometimes gets us in trouble. Away, yeah. Well, not well, that way. Yeah, well, that's designed what to us. It wasn't What's that? Miserable. Biden went to the Capitol to see what happened to us. Um, yeah, our, uh, our election was hacked. You see, a lot of times we happen. put our faith in faith, not in the one that is the object of our faith. Because, you know, it says in Mark, uh, 
11, I think it is, that if you ask anything according to my will, uh, you can, you know, he cursed the, the fig tree. And he said, that's nothing. If you just ask in God's will, you can remove mountains. Yes. But to this day, I've never heard of anybody removing a mountain. But no we have one faith has in our faith, not in what God says. And people that have faith to move a mountain wouldn't ask for it, probably. That's right. And where does our faith come from? It comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you're abiding in His Word, you get a keener insight as to what it is you should and shouldn't be asking. Yeah. Well, also, um, uh, when you're born again, when you cross that threshold of belief, to faith. It says God gives every man a measure of faith. And the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. So it's it's possible to increase your faith, but as a believer you get a measure of faith. Yeah. He and says to every man, a measure of faith. I agree. And that of course after you're born again, that saving faith. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought. No, please do. I I'm still kinda trying to come up with a strong irrefutable answer as to what we do when we start floundering with fear whatever the fear is I mean uh, people have fear of all kinds of things arachnophobia is a real thing people worry about spiders you know and um, they're fine with anything else except a spider why You know, so they're looking for them. They're, oh no, if I sit over here in a dark corner, I might get bitten by a spider. It's real. Um, but perfect love would cast out fear. How would it? Well, Lord, I, I'm going to ask that I not be bitten by a spider and that if I am, it won't hurt me. Will he grant you that? Probably. If you ask in faith, he'll grant you that. Psalm 56, give me verses 3 and 4. It says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So some people are afraid of what another human being can do to them. But that says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. I read this article several years ago. I guess the old boy probably passed on now. He was an older man who walked into one of the most notorious Section 8 apartment complexes in the history of such places. It was in Chicago. It was called Cabrini Green. Anybody ever hear this place? Cabrini Green. I mean, the cops wouldn't go in there. The cops wouldn't even go in there. But this man wanted to bring the gospel and of course, there's gang warfare going on in this in this place. You hear gunshots pretty much every night. But he went in there just with his Bible, trusting in God. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. And he began sharing the gospel, and he began seeing people get saved. <coughs> And God put his favor on that man's faith. That man had faith that, you know, he, in God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. So, he lived that. And interestingly, after a relatively short time, everyone in there on both sides of the gang warfare loved that guy protected that guy, stood up for that guy. So, I mean, he's walking through there like 10 feet tall and bulletproof because none of these gangbangers are going to let anybody else lay a hand on him. He's got the full protection of the people that he's ministering to. 
But it began with him not being afraid. If it were me, I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid. And fear causes failure. It causes you to fail. John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. You know, he's talking about, you know, I'm going to be leaving you. Verse 26, But the Comforter, he said, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace, this is verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So don't be afraid, Jesus said. He said, I'm going to send the comforter. Don't be afraid. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? He says, I'll fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That is perfected faith that is necessary for you to garner that kind of protection from God. Like that man in Chicago at Cabrini Green. When the Lord saw him walk into that place the first time, I am sure that God said, I will protect him because he is not afraid. Or maybe he was afraid at first. Maybe he thought, I don't care if I'm a little bit scared. These people need to hear the word of God. You think Paul was afraid with all those mission trips that he took? I think so. At times he may have been. Oh, the fear of the Lord, it says it's the beginning of wisdom. You know, the so fear of the Lord, yeah. Yes. That means standing in awe of them. That's right. So there's there's kind of levels of fear that you need to get the right category. Right. Uh, you don't, well, we'll read here now in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. He says, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, Mm -hmm. but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Fear God. Yep. And not flesh, not what man can do to you. Fear God. See, there's there's a recent situation that just took place in Florida. A lot of people didn't take the warnings. They didn't have any fear about what may come along. They have these parties, these hurricane parties. And over a hundred of them died. I like, I don't understand that. I mean, if you're warned, and it's like, you don't heed them warnings. Well, that fear factor? They've been faked out a lot, too. That's the, one of the biggest reasons, the biggest reason, like, oh, I've ridden hurricanes out, and it's never as bad as they say it's going to be. But it one is, day it is. Problem. One day it is. And, uh, you know, I, hopefully not too many more people will have died. But, um, but you it's know, the same thing with, with, our, with our life, uh, this life, people, uh, it's just like uh, it says before the flood, people were just dancing and yeah. giving in marriage and buying and selling and partying and everything. And they didn't take the heed that uh, Noah had been preaching for 120 years that 
that judgment's coming. That's where we sit right now in our world. Yeah. Nobody fears that. Nobody thinks that it's real or something. Yeah. Or, or at least the general population does. Well, let me look in this chain reference. It's entry number 1020. Okay. And uh, see what else has been said about it. Um, Here's one while you're looking. Um, uh, Psalms 27, verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, and in the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. And um, yeah. he shall not set he and he shall set me upon the rock. That's what David said, and that's 3,000 years ago. I think we need to develop an attitude of eternity. The big scheme of things. All this other stuff here on earth is just fluff. And we're only here for a short period of time, and after that, for eternity. Got two choices right now, smoking or non-smoking. The choice is yours. But most people just don't believe that's true, that evolution's being taught in school. These kids have no idea what prayer is in school. I mean, every day we had to say prayers over at the Catholic school. Well, we did that in, in my, and probably long, mm-hmm. in elementary school. Mm-hmm. You, you had a certain day, uh, each student, and you stood up and at your choice read a, a, a Bible verse or two and said a prayer. And this was 1958 or nine, you know, so. Well, we've slipped away as a nation further and further all the time. Blessings in the journey of life, Genesis 26, verse 24. And the Lord appeared unto God, I'm sorry, the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and I will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Supplies and famine, First Kings 17 and 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. You know, the place where she was about out of everything. Mm-hmm. That was and, Elijah. And, yeah, Elijah, First Kings 17 and 13, you know, says, You make something for me, and don't fear. And then you make something for yourself and your son. And they never ran out. Because she listened. She was obedient to the man of God. And he raised her son from the dead. Yeah, that's right. Crawled in next to him. Protection in peril, Second Kings 6, verse 16. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. You can't take hold of these blessings, though, unless you follow the command not to fear. Strength and weakness, Isaiah 41 and 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How you doing, babe? Where do you think that fear that we have for these various reasons comes from? I think the enemy taunts us to fear, and then I think we end up developing a bad habit. Um, And just whatever your fears are, and there can be different ones. Everyone has some sort of fear. Like, I'll know this, or I'm going to lose my job. I just know it. You know, and you get a note, Friday, please come to the office Monday morning when you punch in, after you punch in, we need to talk. And you, there it goes, I'm losing my job. I spent a whole weekend afraid. Don't you think it's part of a survival instinct, too? I mean, if you hear a lion roar, you know, and you're out there in a boonie someplace, I mean, their fear factor comes across. And you know it's probably not a good idea to be walking out in that direction where that noise just came from. And Ron, you Vietnam veterans, man, I'm, I know that you guys fear certain things. I mean, you feel bullets flying by it. It's a pretty scary proposition. And it's like, but that's a survival instinct. We know not to 
head in that direction. Well, the Do lions, something to protect yourself. Daniel was able to stop the lions. He put his faith fully in God, and they he was thrown into the den, but he survived. But there's a healthy fear. Like, yeah. you don't walk out in front of a car, or if you see a problem, Certainly. you don't just continue. Not on purpose. Yeah, which would be like hearing the lion out in the field, right? Yeah, thou shalt not tempt the Lord that guy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not fearful of anything. Well, there you are, road pizza. Right. you got to use common sense. Right. Uh, companionship and trial. I'm just going through some of the Thompson Chain verses. Jerry Falwell said, if a pastor can't come up with a sermon with a Thompson Chain reference Bible, he must not be able to read. <laughs> companionship and trial. Isaiah 43 and 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Trust in God. Lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. He'll direct your path. Know your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. But we stumble. I do, at sure. least. I, I'm i like, oh no. A what? I'm like, oh no. Oh. This or oh no, that. You know, um, this person, hypothetical, who spent the whole weekend in fear, goes Monday and to the boss's office and gets a promotion. But they were afraid they were going to lose their job. That's uh, it's human nature to fear, and somehow we have to learn to live away from that human nature and live in a Christ-like fashion, where you don't fear. Now, Jesus knew what he would have to go through. And he said, I don't look forward to it. He said, I, I'm, you know, depending on the translation, just, you know. If there's any other way. It says he was filled with sorrow <laughs> even unto death. Before, yeah. Before he died. Filled with sorrow. I doubt we can ever understand that completely, but. He knew that he was he would have God the Father turn his back on him, on his body. You know, Jesus was the body of God. It still is the body of God. Always was God's body. We're made in his image, body, soul, and spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have a dead spirit. Until we're born he again. Said, Eli. Eli, Lama Sabatini, my God, my God, why is that? His body. Said you've tough one. taken my body, but he knew. He told the disciples, "I'll I'll rise up. I will rise back up." Still, too, still very hard. You know, if you were going to pass through something extremely difficult, and you had inside knowledge that it's all going to end well, and you're going to be fine, and so on, you still don't relish the idea of having to go through it. Didn't the apostles, didn't they fear when Christ came through the wall in that upper room? Sure. That terrified them. This was in Luke 24 when he came into that uh, room of the doors were barred. He didn't have to open a door. Sure. He had then at that point, and we will get this hyper-dimensional body that, uh, and I don't know how that's going to work, but he'll show us. And... uh, Isaiah 43 and 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Verse 3 of Isaiah 43, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom. 
Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Overshadowing care, Matthew 10 and 30, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Verse 31, fear ye not therefore, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. And I trust that I have my salvation. I trust that I will be with Christ when I leave this life, however it happens. Hopefully, he raptures us. But there's still things you might have to live through that you dread, that you fear. Somehow, though, there are some people who are able to simply not fear. Jerry's one of the best, if not the best, I've ever seen at this. You don't, he doesn't, you're not afraid. I mean, maybe it comes from living through Vietnam like you did and got up and went to the bathroom in the middle of the night and the mortar hit your bed or something, right? <laughs> well, he's gone. I mean, I guess you could turn around and say, well, if God wanted me dead, he just missed a chance. <laughs> but fear is destructive. You can't even think clearly when you're afraid. You can't make good decisions when you have bathed yourself in fear. And I don't think but very, very few people have have conquered it. You know, one thing I noticed that Jesus said over and over again uh, to, to his disciples and to people that he encountered, he said, fear not. Even on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, when when he appeared with Moses and Elijah, and it says his face was as bright as the sun, and and Peter, the first thing out of his mouth said, "Well, let's do th- three booths. Yeah, it's yes. good." Mm-hmm. And then the voice of God sounded, and they fell flat on their face. But not until then. Yeah. And then the next thing they know is Jesus is touching them on the on the back, probably, and saying, "Fear not." Yeah. Yeah. And so he was constantly telling people not to fear. You know, the 14th chapter of John, you know. Yeah. And uh, so and evidently... It's common. It's not unusual for it's, us. It's fear. human nature to fear. Sure. But, I mean... Fearing that you've somehow fallen short of his favor and knowing that for instance, from Job, that um, you do something or start acting in a way that doesn't honor God. Maybe you're having pride. You got pride. You can't take a somebody take a swing at you verbally, physically, or whatever. He said, "Turn the other cheek." We want to handle things ourselves. And that's a bad place to be because I know that I am a fallible person. And I make up some game plan for all hell breaking loose in America. Will I be afraid? Probably, because I know that I'm. Yeah, but don't you think God said He's not going to put more in you than you were able to handle? And He always makes a way out. You know, so, he he. Those are there's no temptation. Even on man. That which has been is common unto man. You know, he would he would um, make a way. way out. Yes. But um, well, you know, contrary to what you're saying, Dan, you've exhibited some of the fear, most fearless things that I've ever seen. I can't he think of one. He is not afraid to confront people uh, when they're wrong. That, that's something I envy. Well, if I'm doing it for a good reason, that might be well, all right. That's what you're doing it for. Hopefully. I mean, you know, I, I want to defend the Word of God. I don't want to see it... Compromised. Compromised. I don't want to see false doctrine perpetuated. And just because it's several centuries old doesn't mean it's true. And that's why people hate Christians. If you're standing for the truth, 
Man, you're going to have some people butting heads with you. And you can't really change people's minds with vehement argument. You can't change their mind by insulting them. You you uh, you do the damage. You do more damage. You can't talk them into anything. No. No, but uh, fear about life beyond the grave. Revelation one. Verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. That's a tough place for the, the Jehovah Witnesses. They, mm-hmm. you know, you ask, who is this one who was, who uh, was dead, but behold, he's alive. Who's speaking here? And he says he's the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega. We see in uh, Isaiah, God Himself says that of Himself. So you're hearing God speak here. In the form of Jesus Christ. You know, you can think of ways where you can feel safe. You know, I keep a gun next to the bed. I keep one in my drawer next to my chair. And Does that mean I'm going to be safe? I have no need to fear? Not really. I, I don't want to go down without fighting for my to protect myself for my life, but doesn't mean I'll succeed. How do you get your mind around not fearing? You think God's going to put you in that predicament? I don't. If I, I don't, acted, I don't think that's so. the best way to look at it. Like acting or living a way that He won't allow that to happen. But um. We are blind to our to our besetting sins. That's the usual way of things. And Job apparently did not realize he was full of pride. And God allowed him to be humbled severely. Same with Neb. Nebi. Yes, Nebuchadnezzar. Brother Nebi. Brother Nebi. He's he's with the Lord. He had seven years out there in the Field. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that about, you know, he wrote Daniel chapter 4. He gave one of the best testimonies you'll ever read. The best. Well, let's read that. Why not? <clears throat> Daniel chapter 4. <clears throat> Starting in verse 34. I'm sure that Nebuchadnezzar, one of his fears was being cast from power. Perhaps one of his fears was losing his mind. A lot of people fear that. It's funny, you know, when somebody gets a little older and they forget something. Where did I put my keys or what to do with my phone or why didn't I do this or think, you know, I must be uh, losing my mind. I must be getting uh, dementia Stop and pay attention, everybody, no matter the age. You're always forgetting stuff, misplacing stuff. Right, Forrest? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my hat? Where's my wallet? Where's my keys? What happened to my sunglasses? He inherited that from me. A lot of times mom moves them on me. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but, you know, that's a fear that people can have is losing your sanity and 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 Nebuchadnezzar, there you go. Nebuchadnezzar obviously does lose his sanity, but he goes mm-hmm. through that early in this. <laughs> and then at the last of the chapter four, which by the way, anybody that doubts that Brother Nebi wrote this, he introduces himself at the beginning of the chapter. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. These are the words 
of a Babylonian king who got saved in the Old Testament way of things. He would have been uh, Abraham's bosom. And he tells you what happened to him. Doesn't sound like it was much fun. But verse 34, At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. I got my mind back, my faculties, my mental acuity came back. And I blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. God has restored him. And my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Listen to this last verse. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven all whose works are truth and his ways judgment and those that walk in pride he is able to abase that of course happened to Job too Nebuchadnezzar like probably most kings can be prideful you know these people catered to you and walking on eggs around you and uh I guess it could go to your head. You see this happen to people in positions of authority in any any company or business. But, you know, they, they're abusive. <clears throat> Someone was saying you know, something. What's really amazing about the story, other than, you know, he acknowledges God, is that for seven years his position was retained and not taken, given to somebody else, or getting assassinated him because he's nut job now and in yeah. the fields grazing. Interesting, uh, yeah. But, but he not only preserved his position, but he exalted his position after that. Well, I uh, still wonder what will happen with Donald Trump. I still wonder if he might be on a King David paradigm where he is pushed out of power for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then restored. And, uh, you know, that was Absalom that did that to David. And it says um, that, you know, Absalom planned for four years. He planned for four years to do this. And, um, well, I know that the cabal certainly planned four years to make sure Trump got kicked out. But then everything came down on on Absalom. Everything crashed down. Who was it, Joab, that shot three darts into it when he got hung up in the tree? I don't know. Yeah, he was right around. He had long hair and for some reason got Absalom did, yeah. He caught his hair in a tree. Three. Yeah, three darts, I said. And then uh, who was that other character that was prior to Solomon? He tried to usurp that, and then David gave it back to, to... Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, there was uh, someone who... It was one of David's sons. sons. Yeah. But he was uh, taken out afterwards. I tend to not remember those names very well. It was like Abishar. Yeah, Abishar. That sounds Um, like that. It may have been, yeah. Yeah, He asked for this woman's hand in marriage, which evidently ticked off Solomon and had him done in. Yeah. (laughs) Well, David... Why can't we all just get along? David talks to Solomon as he was dying. He said, you need to take care of these. You need to not let the sun go down on this man's head. His white hair. Gray hair going down to his grave. Yes. And uh, he said, this one's going to give trouble. I I feel pretty certain that uh, his name was Mario Puzo that wrote The Godfather. He was studying that 
because there's even some of the names are very mm. similar that he used. Mm-hmm. He kind of put an Italian uh, twist. twist on them, but you could just tell that, you know, Don Corleone is telling Michael, now this one's going to happen, that's going to happen, this one will cross you, and whoever says this, that's the, that's the mole. And that's what King David did with Solomon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying Trump's coming back to power. Um, if he ever did, it would be civil war in this country. All of these demons that inhabit these freaks that can't even decide what bathroom to use, <laughs> they would go berserk. And uh, so who knows? I think there could come a civil war here. This nation is seemed seems to be prophesied to break into four in Daniel 8. We're at an hour, a little, little past an hour. Uh, I just wanted to contemplate fear. What, what, how much room do you give it in your life? How, how much time do you spend fearing that you could be praying? How much time do you spend fearing when you could be maybe serving? Well, I'm afraid to pick this guy up. He, you know, even though the Holy Spirit said, pick that man up, he needs a ride. Well, I'm afraid. He might do thus and such to me. But if you hear it from the Word of God, you hear him say, give this person a ride, then you should. We miss so many blessings because we didn't listen. And a lot of the reasons that we don't, a lot of times we don't listen because we're afraid. I'm afraid to walk up to this person and give the gospel to them. What are you afraid of? Well, they might take a swing at me. They might curse me out. Oh boy, wouldn't that be terrible? Uh, But Jesus said, blessed are you when they speak evil of you. Say any number of things about you. So if we let fear have a foothold in our lives... We're going to miss blessings. We won't feel secure at times. We'll, we, we will open up a channel to hear what the enemy wants to say to us. And it can cause problem upon problem. Yeah, the whole racism thing, it's rooted in fear. It's rooted in fear that is spread by the media. And it's just like, you know, you see what happened to the Nazi Germany and Nazi Germany to the Jews. They, you know, we see that history. And a minority group in this country, or a minority group in any country, I think, well, you know, they're going to they're gonna turn on us and exterminate us. There's a lot more of them than there are us, and they're going to kill us. They hate us. They just pretend to be your friend. And there's times that's probably true, but I think the majority of the time it's not true. Look what the cabal has done with this so-called COVID-19 thing. They've got people terrified. Driving their cars wearing a mask, and they're the only person in the car. They're terror. They're afraid to be around somebody that hasn't had the vaccine. They so called vaccine, and they mm-hmm. literally believe that. Well, if everybody would have gotten their vaccine, we wouldn't be having this now. Uh, well, you got sick even though you had your vaccine. Yeah, but that's because these unvaccinated people caused me to get sick. You know, you must wonder if something in those injections is really causing people to lose IQ points. Their sanity. Yeah. I read an article the other day. This guy wasn't even joking. He was a doctor. He said, I'm seeing people not (coughs) clearly thinking, not able to think right. You know, what what are they shooting in people, these so-called COVID shots? I don't know, but what what you're seeing is some very strange behavior among those who are afraid. They're fearing. A lot of them are Christians. They're double vax, boosted, 
double boosted, some getting three booster shots. And getting sick anyway. Need another booster. Yeah, need more boosters. Um, all right, well, anyway, it's about fear. And fear will conquer all of us if we let it. And I struggle with it. I do. I struggle with it. Join hands. It's all right. Ray, close us if you would. Okay, Heavenly Father, thank you that we meet together again to hear and study and to think on your holy word. Thank you, dear God, for your word. I pray that you bless each and every one of us and teach us your word and bring out the hidden secret yes. means of all the words that you have freely given us. Yes, Lord. Thank you, dear God, for all your grace and your mercy. Bless the ones that are not here. Have mercy upon the ones that took the death shot. Heal them, dear God. Restore them Jesus. and bring them back to you. For we ask and pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.